Okay, that's a terrible title. However, it does imply that we'll be spending some time in space, and the last time we went to space we saw some of the most ridiculous nonsense the show has ever delivered. And if you think that's a high bar to clear, you have obviously forgotten the fatal fluffies. Our story opens with a space shuttle. I would normally say THE space shuttle, but between Astro Train, Skylinks, and Blast Off on that other show, and whatever the hell it is this show gets up to, we most certainly cannot assume that. The shuttle is stealing assorted TV and telephone satellites. For reasons. Meanwhile, the Joe team is enjoying their time off, and Roadblock does this awesome thing. Say, Roadblock, what's a five-letter word for cubic decimeter? French or American? It says FR after the clue. In that case, it's Lita. L-I-T-R-E. I know this is because he's a gourmet chef, they actually say that out loud, but I'm always a fan of those moments where the big muscly meathead is actually smarter than you think he is. I mean, this is the 80s, man. The prevailing cultural logic says that he should never be able to outsmart a guy wearing glasses. Roadblock goes to turn the TV on and, oh look, Cobra's taken over the airwaves. But not in the usual way where Cobra Commander comes on to address the CITIZENS OF THE WORLD! No, this time Cobra's actually created original hashtag content to market their hashtag brand. See, I told you this show was years ahead of its time. The programming includes a show about a guy who's secretly a werewolf. And this. The C-Team, starring Mr. C. I pity the fool that doesn't join Cobra. This is like Sesame Street level funny, but we all know they can do better. And sure enough, the third show is where the gold is. So uh, when did you first discover you wanted to rule the world? Cobra Commander. I was six when I realized I could run society better than the morons who were in charge. The third one is always the best one, kids. That's how comedy works. Some people will watch anything, Scarlet. That's true. For example, I'm watching this. Yeah, so it turns out Cobra has taken over all of television, and along with the original programming, they've also changed the endings of classic films to promote their agenda. And naturally, the Joes need to stop them because propaganda is wrong. So off they go to the capital of the greatest country in the world. America. There they meet with a senator who, if past episodes have taught me anything, is probably Zartan. Because in the future, everyone will be Zartan for 15 minutes. The senator agrees to pay for rocket boosts for their jets if the Joes can get him tickets to the Army-Navy football game. I assume this is hilarious. To someone. Meanwhile, the Crimson Twins, representing Cobra, start extorting higher fees from advertisers to get their ads on the only network on the airwaves. I never understand how these guys manage to negotiate completely legal things in the wake of whatever incredibly illegal thing Cobra's done that week, because this happens a lot. Maybe it's just because I'm not an evil genius. That must be it. Meanwhile, in the children's programming portion of Cobra Network's broadcast day... Oh, gee, likeables, nobody likes me! That's because you're different, Perby. Only when everybody looks alike and acts alike and thinks alike and never ever gets angry can we achieve world peace. I don't usually play this many quotes from an episode in my reviews, but guys, this one's really funny. I'm tempted to just sit back and play the entire episode. Given how many copyright violation notices I've gotten from YouTube, that basically seems like what they think I'm doing anyway. So the Buzzkill Joes set out to stop Cobra's fun. Was there ever a joke called Buzzkill? Feels like there should be. Guys, 
God damn it, I know I said no more quotes, but come on. Come on. Cobra Commander sends Zartan after the Joe's modified space jets, so I guess I was wrong about that one. And I'm quite happy to be wrong, because I'm getting pretty tired of the old Zartan peels off his face gimmick. This time they went with the old space station manned by a barely literate biker gang cliche. The Dreadnoughts hit all three jets with missiles, and the Joe's naturally parachute out in time. Well... They use their air supply to jet into the atmosphere, and then they open their chutes. Which sounds cool, but with all the other stuff going on in this one, I don't even think it manages to crack the top ten. So they outfitted three jets with modifications so expensive that they literally had to go to a senator to ask for more money. That failed. And their answer is to outfit way more jets with more expensive modifications. They're not changing the actual tactics in any meaningful way, they're just throwing more bodies at it. Seems like a great use of the government's time and money. Next, there's a pretty tiresome training sequence, which, again, would be more exciting if they hadn't led with all that great Cobra TV stuff. Then Cobra Commander gives his broadcast audience a rather biased account of the recent G.I. Joe attack on his satellite, and basically just tries to get the viewing audience on board with some concepts that are easily disproved. Which is not like a thing that has ever happened in the world, so it's weird you would even suggest such a thing. So it's round two of Space Jets versus Dumb Biker Gang. This time the Dreadnoughts don't push the missile buttons with their feet, so I guess they've leveled up somehow. Thankfully they have Destro on hand, and Destro has the keys to the heat ray. Yeah, I wouldn't have trusted these idiots with my heat ray either, man. Naturally the Joes end up taking the satellite, because of course they do, which ends up denying the world all sorts of quality programming. But more importantly, it means that Cobra Commander no longer has an excuse to do this. And that's the biggest tragedy of all. Be sure to check out the new comedic point-and-click adventure game that I spent most of last year developing, The Adventures of Nick and Willikins. It features gorgeous artwork, fantastic voice acting, and jokes written by me and my longtime co-writer Matt Robotham. It's available now for PC and Mac, and it's completely free. Visit nickandwillikins.com for more details.